Welcome back to North of Shy, the Baird and Warner North Shore podcast. I'm Eric Schwinger, and I'm here today with Ian Robinson. Hello, everybody. Dina Listener. Hello. Catherine Leonard. Good morning. And a very special guest from Key Mortgage. We've got Lazar Bitu with us today in the studio. Good morning, everyone. Thanks for joining us, Lazar. Thank you so much. So why don't we start by uh, you telling us a little bit about yourself and uh, your experience in the mortgage industry. So I'm getting close to 20 years in the industry. Uh, I worked for Wintrust Mortgage for about 10 years, uh, Blue Leaf, which is now Green State for about five, and uh, recently joined the great Baird and Warner family through Key Mortgage about a year ago, and uh, really excited to uh, kind of you know, take this opportunity, especially in these tough markets, to develop relationships with agents and find them ways to, to to help their business. So I'm really excited to be here, and thank you so much for inviting me. Yeah, thanks for coming out. So Lazar, being new to Key, can you tell us, you know, what your experience is working here at Key and Beard and Warner compared to some of these other companies you'd work with, like as far as our culture and our environment? What, what how do you feel about it after a year now? Sure, and thank you. It's a great question. Um, initially, you know, just starting trying to develop new relationships. It takes time, like, like anything else, but everybody's been so warm and welcoming. And it, it, you know, it's about being in the offices, being there around the agents, um, helping them uh, with whatever they need, but everyone's been great. The culture has been phenomenal. You've been a great support uh, uh, to me and my business. So I thank you for that as well. And uh, um, it's just a, you know, instead of saying the one-stop shop, you know, I feel Baird Warner says Baird Warner, Baird Warner title and key mortgage. It gives you the home feel like, it, you know, when you're coming in, you, you're being treated um, like you're at home. You know, I, one of my biggest motto is to treat every client like family member and to do what's best for them. Like I would do for my brother or sister, mom and dad. And I feel that has this, that's kind of translated in, in this company and all the three companies. And I feel that a, there's a there's a concentrated effort to show that to not only the agents, but their clients as well. Yeah, I mean, I think that's a really great point that you make there. Baird and Warner's family owned and operated, right? Yeah. Has been for six generations and uh, you really do get that family owned and operated feel when you're here. So it's really good to hear that from the mortgage side as yeah. well, because yeah. now the rest of us in the room here, we're on the residential sales side and the brokerage side. Uh, we don't always have a lot of, you know, interaction with, with mortgage aside from transactional stuff, but it's good to hear that kind of culture bleeds into the uh, the mortgage side of the business too. Yeah, so Lazar, I'm curious, what are the most common questions that you're getting right now from agents and consumers about you know the lending environment and everything? And what are the answers to those questions? You know, the biggest thing that obviously is is rate. You know, what where are the rates going? Uh, what are some programs that we can utilize to offset where the market has been? since I would say the March of last year. So about a year ago, we we're about 28% down from last year in residential home sales and mortgages alike, you know, they're gonna follow suit. Um, it is a tough market as far as listings available, but it's still a great time to purchase and a great time to transition and, and identifying it as, a, as an agent and as a loan officer, you know, certain, um, not demographics, but certain things, opportunities that could help you focus on where to actually market or advertise is maybe people that are you know, growing in, in family size or um, they're moving due to um, you know a, a new employment because there are a lot of changes in, in, in the industry where people are moving from one employer to another. So there are still opportunities out there. 
Um, but to offset, you know, the market changes or fluctuations, I always tell them like, you're really not marrying the mortgage, you're marrying the home, right? There's been many times before that people had six and a half, seven percent before 2008, 2009, and it was not a problem. And now since we're a couple of years removed from the low, you know, threes, mid twos, people are starting to get accustomed as to where the market is kind of uh, where it is right now. And as time progresses, life changes will revitalize the market and being there in front of your consumers now. So when that does occur, will only propel your business. Excellent. And, and Lazar, I know we, we've seen with some, some of the pre-approvals that people are getting in the office, some of the competing lenders right now are advertising things or putting pre-approvals at, at rates that do not seem possible in the current market environment. And then when we look further, you see that there's, you know, points, there's fees, there's all sorts of stuff being loaded in the loan. And so it's more important that they look at what their actual payment is rather than what the rate is. How, how often are you seeing that issue and how do you deal with that? We see it often there. And, and, and what happens traditionally is a lot of times certain during certain times, like the spring market, there will be some companies or banks that will try to buy the market. Right. Um, and that does occur. But it's more than just the rate, because sometimes if you actually go down and dig in the in the numbers, if you help them reduce their mortgage insurance because you put them in a better program, let's say a home ready, home possible, or an IDA to also get lower rates at the same time, they're having that consultant consultant or consultative type of approach to your clients offsets more than the just the rates. But as in, in matter of fact of talking about the rates, we also offer a three, two, one temporary buy down um, program that allows clients right now to enjoy lower rates for the next three years. And that gives them some time in case the rates do go down to be able to refinance and lock in that low rate that they were looking for. So there are ways right now that we have offered and key mortgage and, and through Baird Warner, obviously, that can help the clients kind of offset what the market rates are right now. I have um, something I'd love you to speak to, sure. Lazar, which is um, by being in the Baird Warner family, the accessibility to agents and clients skyrockets. Can you speak to that in terms of versus a bank or something like that? Excellent question, because we are embedded usually in the offices. Uh -huh. So you have that more of a, you know, anytime you see someone face to face, you develop a, a, a better sense of relationship than if it's just over the phone. And there's also accountability that, that comes with that as well. Um, being available during the weekends, especially when there's a competitive situation and they need a pre-approval right away or an updated pre-approval, it's, it's key when you have 14 offers and you're trying to win the bid. Absolutely. So um, being available during the weekends, during obviously after hours, can separate you from the competition, but also can help your agents separate themselves from the competition. In essence, the more we help our agents, the the, the thought is it will trickle down to the loan officers and everybody else in Baird and Warner. So um, I think it should be a team effort, and that's that's how I run my business. Well, and I think you know those of you with Key Mortgage, you you have an assumptive. Of course, you're available, but I like to say it and scream it loud because I think sometimes agents and clients don't know what they don't know. And I've seen it. I've been standing next to somebody who turned to their agent and said, well, I can't reach my person at blank bank because it's Sunday. 
and we just handed the phone with one of our key people on a Sunday afternoon. They got the pre-approval. They got the house. It's it's just different and so important. Agreed. Yeah, I mean, it, you, you can't put how important it is on it. It's so important because it's not only it, there's a confidence being built between the agent and the loan officer. There's a accountability and reliability. I can go to Lazar at any moment and he will come through, or I can go to any one of our outstanding key mortgage loan officers and they will deliver for us. So it's, it's and, and now we have, you know, some other programs that also can help um, already pre-approved clients, maybe an opportunity to see if we can get them, you know, mm-hmm. a better overall loan program for them. So, um, so yeah, it's, it's, it's exciting time. I know it can, sometimes people feel it's challenging, but during those challenging times, it's when you can really propel your business and, and kind of get it ready. So when things do come back to market, you're set for the future. You bet. Speaking of the future. Yes. I'm going to ask you to break out your crystal ball for us here. What do you see happening for the rest of 2023 in terms of, you know, the mortgage industry and the housing market and all that kind of stuff? And I promise I won't hold you to no, this. No, no, <laughs> no. It's a great question because I was just going to um, fire up my Learjet. Um, <laughs> um, being such a great uh, uh, foreshadower. In essence, here's what I can tell you. I look at history and I look at how it can or cannot repeat itself. Okay. This is just my personal opinion. Um, I feel the pendulum has swung quite the other direction quite quickly. We're in two and a half and we got as high as maybe a seven and a half, right? So that's a, in a matter of in a matter of six to eight months, right? right? Of nine, I mean, yes. That happened overnight. So common sense and would say it there's going to be some. Some, some pullback. Some pullback. Yeah. When does that occur is the question, right? Um, that's why sometimes the temporary buy-down program can help you ease through those moments and give enough ample time to maybe those the pendulum swings back. Um, but in essence, there are still great rates if you look at it from a historical standpoint. Even low sixes, mid sixes, from a historical standpoint, is, is amazing. It's fantastic. And you know, um, being a couple day, you know, generation maybe removed, people forget that they were in the mid teens or upper teens. Um, and we got kind of spoiled for a six to eight year span where it was in the threes and twos. So um, it's just a matter of time, I feel. And as, as the economy gets stronger, as we can decrease the inflation numbers, uh, I feel that there will be consensus to to revitalize the real estate market and you know, if you look at some of the, you know, NBC did a um, survey, you know, there, there are some places that are, there are people are out there saying that they are, would like to be in around five and a half. Anything let, not higher than five and a half is retracting them from trying to go to the next step or sell the property and, and buy a new one. And there's some truth to that. I mean, imagine if you had it at like a 400,000 at a two and a half percent. And the reason you're moving, you're either most likely upgrading, right? And now you're going about another hundred thousand and about three to four more extra points in rate. So I do understand that aspect of it, but comes back to one more thing. If you love the house, you know, and if you look at the numbers exactly, are there other places you can, you know, shave off one, you know, I'm not doing Sally Strutters, but one less cup of coffee a day, maybe would get you that 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 stuff, you know. So absolutely, yeah. these are some ways we can still find ways because shelter, clothing, 
and obviously food are major vital necessities for all of us. So um, don't let that deter you. Don't let the race deter you. You're not there forever. Um, give it an opportunity to provide something for your family that you will enjoy coming because we spend a lot of our times at home. So um, that's very important. I think it's a, something that you can help the clients walk through that and, you know, talk through with them and educate them so their anxiousness and reluctancy um, may be removed through the conversation. Yeah, I like what you, I love what you said there about, you know, shelter, right? Like, I think sometimes people get caught up in thinking about their home as an investment. And absolutely, it's an investment. It's the biggest investment you're going to make. It's an asset. But you're not buying it to flip it and make more, unless you're a flipper. flipper. Yeah. You're not buying it to flip it in three years and make money on it. You're buying it so you have a place to live. And what's the alternative? Renting, where your interest rate is literally 100% because you're not <laughs> yes. getting a penny of that back. That's you're accurate. building zero equity, right? So. I think yeah. that that's a fair uh, a fair way to look at things, really. I, I would say that, um, you know, there's a lot of people out there who are renting, who are essentially paying 100%. I, I like that. I'm going to try to remember that. <laughs> um, and so that brings me to my question, which is first-time home buyers. You know, when I was young and I bought my first house, I was fortunate. I had my dad who gave me a loan at 7.5%. Which, <laughs> Lucky you. <laughs> I know. <laughs> Um, although he denies that there was a percentage rate, but I, I, there was, there was, there was an interest rate. If you still have the loan, I can refund it. Yeah. (laughs) But I was very thankful for that. But for those people out there who don't have my dad or a dad like mine, that's a loan shark. Um, any suggestions for the first time home buyers on how to get ready to buy? And that's an amazing question. Um, it really is because it's, it's, it has many facets, many answers to that. Um, aside the down payment assistance programs that IDA and some of the other banks offer, uh, there are other ways to be able to buy your first home, especially if you're a young um, individual trying to get that first place. Traditionally, we would think, oh, let's get them a condo or maybe a townhouse. I feel multi-unit is the way to go for especially the first time home buyer. If you can, if you're okay with the area and having neighbors and being a landlord. Why? Because there's opportunities to have low down payment and be able to still use rental income to mm-hmm. offset that that's an income ratio. And a lot of younger, you know, um, workforce may not have established income to yet fully um, be able to to handle it on their own. So that's one way that I would feel is getting into maybe multi-unit. And then after a couple of years down the road, if you decide to have that, you know, privacy or I want to buy a single family home. Now you have added to your portfolio a multi-unit that someone else has paid for it, right? Great advice. So that is one way that you can um, help those first-time home buyers. Obviously, first-time home buyer programs, you have IDA. They have uh, they usually have four um, types of programs that are available. One just recently ran out of funds, but they're you know anywhere from 6000 to 10000 and down payment assistance is available. Um, and then there's um, right now, and, and I'm not gonna go into it too much, but there's LPA, which is basically a redistribution of credit of how it affects the rate uh, for individuals. So um, it's coming up, it's already happening, but um, borrowers with lower credit scores are actually sometimes may get a little bit better rate than higher credit scores. It, it, it's more of a, 
basis points type of situation, but it's going to help more borrowers be able to afford and buy a home. So that should really um, get everyone excited because it's going to help some of the people that were credibly challenged now be able to actually afford because of some of the new the new changes that have been made through Fannie and Freddie. So these are just a few um, um, ways. You can also have a non-occupant co-borrower. Sometimes um, there are certain, there's one program that if there's an elderly parent they can't afford on their own or a you know, college-bound student, there you can have an owner-occupied second one actually as a, as a non-occupant co-borrower. So there are programs still available. Um, so the best thing is just to you know reach out to your loan officer and, and, and kind of ask those questions and see based on the scenario, if, if we have something that we can you know offer them. And we have a lot of different lenders and even non-QM uh, lenders, which means like if you have an I-10, uh, for nationals, um, using bank statements as income um, for kind of the ones uh, that are not showing their uh, on their tax return. So there are other outlets now that are coming back, some more lending guidelines are easing up. So, uh, Hopefully there'll be more opportunity. Thank you. Great answer. uh, Yeah, but I think it's important to note that there are so many different product mortgage products out there, right? And the conventional thinking of you know twenty percent down, you know whatever thirty year mortgage that's one product, but you know there's other things that allow you to put as little as three percent down, right? Or you know like you said, kind of different portfolio options or you know asset borrowing and all sorts of different things, maybe not necessarily all applicable to the first time home buyer, but um, yeah, it's, that's why it's so important to have a knowledgeable loan officer like yourself to give that consultation rather than to just take the client and plug them into the first and easiest product that they can find Correct. and say, here's what you got, right? And I just want to say, it's not about trying to sell clients on key mortgage. I feel like you owe it. You agents owe it to your clients to have them enter into a consultant a, a consultant relationship with somebody who knows all the options. Absolutely. It's about service. You know what I, I love too, and this is a commercial for a key mortgage, but uh, you know, when I was selling, uh, I helped a bunch of clients buy homes through key mortgage. And I also bought, you know, a couple of homes myself with, you know, my key mortgage loan partners. And what happened was, and I heard this from the clients and I also had this experience myself was, you know, every, I don't know what it was, maybe quarterly or every six months or so, I would get an email from the loan officer. It was Ron Haddad who did my loan. And he would email me and say, hey, if you want to reevaluate your loan, let's talk. So it was like a check-in for me to go, oh, have rates dipped a little? Could I maybe refi now or could I do something else? So, I mean, that's just that kind of follow-up and that ongoing client care over time is really important, right? I mean, I think, you know, that that's a that's an invaluable asset to, you know, to, uh, to us as agents to have someone on the lending side who's looking out for the clients as well and, you know, giving them opportunities maybe to save some money through refinancing or whatever else. As Lazar and, said, it's a relationship, not a transaction. Yep. Yeah. And speaking on saving money through refinancing or, or et cetera, if, if a consumer or an agent out there needs to get a mortgage or they need to refinance because their father is gouging them on their interest rate. <laughs> Lazar, how can they reach you to uh, to get the process started? Well, you can always reach me through my email, lazar.bitu at mykeymortgage.com or through myself. Um, but, um, you know, we have a, obviously interface that where we can always access each other through uh, the directory. 
Um, also, as far as you know, making sure that there are some programs that we can still, as agents, try to utilize or get involved with as far as the military and the move. You know, you know, you have the obviously zero percent financing for uh, veterans. Um, there are other things that we can try to work together to, you know, figure out ways that to market and separate Baird Warner and, you know, and every agent from your competition. And the best way to do is just to kind of reach out to, either to myself or your loan officers and see if you can do some some co-marketing events, whether it's, um, you know, doing a, a VIP um, type of event for their VIPs or something creative or you know, we're, I'm, I'm, I'm going to be um, hosting, not hosting, but, you know, I'm, yeah, I guess you call it hosting a comedy uh, night for, you know, about 15 agents in, in May. And I feel stuff like that will, you know, get you not only to be able to have a, a room to share ideas of what's working and, you know, some things that we could do better, but also on a lighter level, just to kind of take people away from the day-to-day -day grind that it has become and, and allow them to revitalize and, and get back out there and, and, uh, and, you know, hit the track running when they're, you know, kind of rested up and ready to go. Great idea. Yeah. Awesome. Love it. Great. Thank you for being with us. Yeah, thank, you. Thank, thank you for the opportunity. Thank you. thank you, everyone. Are you up for a couple of uh, surprise questions? Sure. I have a couple of sure. surprise questions. Sure. Like to ask sure. No guys. problem. All right. Ready? Number one. Yes. If you could pick an actor to play <laughs> you in a movie, who would that be and why? Well, it's because what people have said, I kind of look like him, and I hope he gets he feels better. But Bruce Willis is the oh, one that yeah, they say totally. I kind of I can see that look like. Yeah. I actually was at the Wax Museum in New York, and I <laughs> took a picture right next to him. I'm like, I'm bigger than this dude, but we kind of look alike. <laughs> so, nice, I like yeah. it. Awesome. And uh, all right, one more question for sure. you here: If you could have one superpower. What would that be and why? God, I've thought about this so many times. <laughs> I don't know if it was the, the superpower of flight or invisibility. Yeah. Um, you know what? I would like to be flight. I want to be able to kind of soar and, and get to see the world and from a bird's eye view. And because I've always been the you know nature kind of guy, so I think that's a that's a way to kind of allow other people to see you and not like be spooky and at the same time <laughs> I like it. get to yeah. enjoy the, the the surroundings around you. I like it. Admit it'd be kind of strange to see a Bruce Willis look like flying around. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Off the big screen. Yeah. 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 Wait till next week when we do the next podcast. <laughs> All right, Lazar. Thanks so much for Thank joining you us, so man. Much. Thank, Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you Ian. Appreciate yeah, okay. it. Sorry, okay. Dad. Love you. I did appreciate the loan. <laughs> see you guys next time.